You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. If you're listening to this, it means that we have finally figured out our technical difficulties and you are hearing me speaking via Skype with my friend Michael Leboff. Mike, I am so sorry that this is the fifth attempt at this podcast and the app that I've used to record for the last two years has decided to stop working, but I appreciate your patience and sticking with me. Oh yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I, you, Dan does all the, the recording and editing, so I can't, uh, first of all, it's great. I, I can talk about the Islanders for 20 hours <laughs> and I think we're, we're, we're close. He's not kidding. This is, this is now attempt number five. Over the course uh, of two days. Think, we've tried to do this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. We went over three, we went over three once. Wednesday night, <laughs> and now we're over, over one on Thursday, uh, but we're here and Jan Kovacs is Yes. Uh, yes, we are uh, working right now and Jan Kovacs is on his way back to Russia having been uh, placed on unconditional waivers by the Islanders uh, after uh, deciding to not to report to Bridgeport, after being waived after training camp. Um, you know, I, we've, we've talked about this five times now. Like, I don't think either of us is really all that bent out of shape about it. Um, you know, he, we hoped that he had been something, maybe some sort of found money uh, over from Russia, but uh, it didn't work out that way. Uh, Arthur Staple had an article today about maybe – whether the long-term effects of this is, you know, word might get around the KHL that the Islanders aren't the right place to play, which could be dangerous for somebody like Ilya Sorokin, who the Islanders are still hoping to bring over here. But I don't know, man. I'm not too worried about it. Like, he came over. He didn't really play all that well. Did he play better than Valtteri Filppula and, and uh, Leo Komarov? Yeah, maybe. But, you know, those guys had, unfortunately, the, uh, the, the coach's ear because they're veterans and, it, you know, Kovash couldn't kind of overcome that and that's it I mean again I don't I'm not too too broken up about it I know you're not either yeah definitely not and, and it's it's something you know Staples point is a little interesting I think it's funny that um you know this this has kind of turned into that and and like another chapter of the saga of players who you know in the beginning of Gar Snow's tenure was you know free agents don't ever want to sign here so it's just like another footnote in that and uh, I, I, I do think it's a little interesting. I think, uh, you know, it's definitely something to keep in the back of your mind when the Islanders try to 
import somebody from the KHL next time. But um, I don't think we can we should be reading too much into it. Both of us both of us wish Jan Kovash was on the team rather than Thomas Konakel, but <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And even now Tanner Fritz has been sent down uh, because Andrew Ladd is going to come back from injury, perhaps as early as Saturday, uh, maybe definitely on their West Coast trip, which begins next Wednesday in Anaheim. Uh, we have both totally, completely forgotten about Andrew Ladd, which is kind of crazy considering how much money he's making and uh, his reputation when he came to the Islanders as sort of this <laughs> final piece of the puzzle uh, that, uh, I don't know, didn't work out. He was the, the final piece for a puzzle that was missing about 40 other pieces. Uh, but uh, he might come back soon and play on a line with uh, the two culture club guys. We talked about Valtteri Filippola and Leo Komarov. And, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of afraid that line might be slow. You kind of feel like that's gonna he's gonna give some scoring punch to that line. So uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see how it works out because it, it would be, you know, uh, Lad should be a contributor, and you know it would be nice to, for him to be healthy and contributing too, because uh, it could definitely help them. Uh, just hopefully, you know, it we don't all uh, uh, aren't don't uh, immediately start to hate him again like we did for a while there <laughs> before we forgot him. <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually funny. I've completely forgot that he uh, went. What did he go like twenty seven games or something without scoring a goal? Yeah, that was that was fun. The Islanders <laughs> do that a lot. Like Brock Nelson likes to do that too. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know they're that that line like just giving that line a little scoring punch because like you know we've 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 said to each other a couple of times that the the fourth line is and people have talked about it, like that Sezikis line is looking good. So the way like the early returns on their the reunited. United for best fourth line of all time is is been pretty good because Barry Trotz is got a big brain in his head so he knows how to use he knows how to use he knows how to use a line like that to this point where he's not you know sending them out for they're not playing more than you know the first line or the second line on a nightly basis so um, um, that's I'm thrilled about that he's got no neck but he's definitely got a big brain uh which is great (laughs) because uh because the Islanders uh, are playing pretty well to start the season. They're three games in, they're two and one. Um, they have progressively gotten better as the season has gone. The season, quote unquote, has gone on. These three games have gone on. Uh, their game in Carolina was essentially won by Thomas Grice, who stopped like forty some odd shots. Uh, the Islanders were a little bit slow. They were, they had some trouble with Carolina speed, but Grice made all the saves he needed to. And Josh Bailey, well, Matthew Barzell drew a penalty just before overtime. And then he fed Josh Bailey for the game winner. So it was very exciting. Um, a couple of nights later, they played Nashville at home. And, you know, the Predators are one of the best teams in the league. I mean, they're definitely one of the best teams in the Western Conference. They're looking, you know, as the Stanley Cup contender. And the Islanders, uh, you know, punched above their weight, as you would say. Like, they they played pretty well against a team that was really good. And they didn't win, but, you know, they certainly didn't embarrass themselves. And they, they had some chances to to score late. And I know that's kind of a moral victory thing, but you know, we're kind of looking for stuff like that. And then uh, on Monday in front of about 38 people at Barclays center on Columbus day afternoon, uh, they shut out San Jose for nothing. And it was as airtight and as structured and controlled a performance as we've seen the Islanders play in a long time. And Robin Leonard made 33 saves in his Islanders debut. And he got a shot. He's the first Islander ever to get a shutout in his debut, which is kind of remarkable, but also totally believable that that would be the case. But uh, yeah, they've gotten better. And it's like you said, I mean, Trotz is his, the way he thinks the game is totally different than any Islanders coach they've had since what Ted Nolan, maybe Peter Laviolette. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's a big difference. I, honestly, I was thinking Laviolette, but I think Nolan too. Nolan, like the, with that team with like the cylinders and like those guys are, were you know game plan X's and O's right. guys and and I think Nolan Nolan was probably more of a rah rah coach than an X's and O coach but but that team was bread and wit and yeah they 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 knew where they're supposed to be they were you know decent decently intelligent hockey players so that team definitely had a structure to it and it worked and it was and, also an old um, team too like an older team of guys who yeah. kind of knew what they were doing before they came to the Islanders you know yeah and and it's funny that uh, <laughs> the other day like I was on the train and I was watching a a three and a half hour. It might even be more than that. <laughs> YouTube YouTube video of that season uh, with Sillinger. The season they made the playoffs. The best. Uh, the best. Maybe the one of the best seasons uh, outside of the 2001 2002 season. Now, like it's not tainted, <laughs> but the 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 uh, that season 2006 2007. I was watching highlights from that, 
uh, from that season. And there's a YouTube video on it. I don't remember who, what the YouTube channel name or whoever put it together, but three over three hours of footage from that season, including when Ryan Smith, the whole CBC special when Smith came over. So there's <laughs> That's they, remarkable. Listen, if you if you yeah yeah if you're ever on a long drive or something and you're in the passenger seat and and you're uh maybe a little bit crazy like we are uh that will make it fly by because you'll see mike york score in the first two minutes of the video he scores against the stars on the power play and you're like wow i forgot that mike york was on this <laughs> i'm gonna definitely include a link to that i'm gonna embed that video in the show notes for this because i i, I want to watch it you first mentioned this to me i believe in take three of this uh, very labored <laughs> podcast. And uh, I was like, holy cow, I got to put this in there because that's pretty wild. I got to check that out. But um, yeah, I mean, Barry Trotz is unlike any coach the Islanders have had in a long, long time. And he has clearly taught these guys about structure and about the value of what he calls the safety net. Like the structure is always there. And, you know, when things get a little bit hairy and they are going to, and they, they already have, you can always go back to that structure and you can always go back to where you're supposed to be. And uh, there was a moment in the game against the Sharks that I, I keep coming back to. It's uh, the Islanders were killing a penalty. Uh, Ryan Pellick's, uh, no, Adam Pellick, Ryan Pollock's stick broke. This is, again, the fifth time I'm telling the story. Ryan Pollock's stick broke. So Philpola gave him his stick. Uh, it's the Sharks. Like, they got Burns. They got Carlson. They got uh, not Thornton, but they got uh, Couture and all the whole crew. And, uh, you know, you just think, oh, man, well, it's just a matter of time before the Sharks score. And the Islanders actually never left their zone. They, the, both teams never left the Islanders' zone for the entire two minutes, which is not a good idea. You shouldn't do that, but it does happen. And at no point were the Islanders uh, out of control or was there chaos or were they kind of scrambly with that kind of running around, chickens without heads, you know, diving in the, to nowhere to try and block a shot that never actually happens. They were always in control and they were always kind of – you can tell that they knew where they were supposed to be. And I mean, at one point they couldn't clear the zone. Philpola tried to kick the puck out of the zone at one point, didn't go. Uh, I think Pellick had a chance to clear the zone, didn't go. Um, but they stuck with the with the game plan and they managed to keep the Sharks off the score sheet. And in fact, they kept them off the score sheet the entire game. Robin Leonard gets some credit there too because he was phenomenal. And uh, you know, if he can keep up with that, that would be even greater. Um, you know, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. It's only three games into the season. Again, things are going to get hairy. Wheels are going to come off. Guys are going to have the rugs pulled out from under them. But if they can maintain this structure and they can maintain being, a, a, you know, a tight defensive unit that knows where the other guy is going to be, maybe they find some success that a lot of people didn't think that they would, which would be a victory in and of itself, even if they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, and and you said that the key word in that whole thing was game plan. Like the the Islanders' game plan has gone from. Uh, chip and ch- chip, chip it in deep, get to work and play smart and hard. To now, yeah, like we're actually going to adapt to our opponents yeah. and have an actual game plan that is worked on. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a completely different animal yeah. we're that, dealing with here, and and we're definitely going to. It's gonna, I mean, this is pretty unsustainable with the the, <laughs> the two. Basically, have two at at two goalies play stand on their head, and then another game where they hung with the Predators. So. Mm. Uh, that's not a recipe for for success long term, but I mean it, it's it's much better than being zero and three. No, absolutely for sure, and um, yeah, you know it's funny too that you mentioned that because Trotz's press conferences have also been a different animal too, and uh, he was very upfront after that Carolina game that they weren't very good, <laughs> and he said we need to be a lot better. And Thomas saved us, and you know we got to work on the structure. Um, and then uh, you know he just talks about how everybody you know needs to be where they're going to be and how they're it's going to come uh over time and yeah it's it's interesting to hear him talk about this kind of stuff and and not you know just kind of dance around it or talk about warriors and smart and hot and all that other stuff and it's it's been very refreshing and uh i gotta say it's very enjoyable and uh hopefully it it continues because this is what we (laughs) we we need to see and it's something it's been a long time coming so i'm hoping that it will continue um, they do go on the road. They have a, this is a, okay. So we've had to record this five times, but in a way it worked out. The Islanders schedule was so wacky because we had an extra day to record this thing again. Um, they played on Monday afternoon. Uh, they won't play again until Saturday. So you'll be hearing this hopefully on Friday, if we can manage to get to the end of one of these things. And then they don't play again until Wednesday in Anaheim, uh, where they have a back to back, uh, they have the ducks on Wednesday and then the Kings on Thursday. 
So things are going to get really hard really quickly. Um, Trotz, I know, is a guy from his Washington days that's big into the whole like uh, bonding and and you know maybe team exercises type of thing. So hopefully they can get some of that stuff in, which would be nice. Uh, under new captain Anders Lee, who was named the captain just before the uh, the first game of the season, uh, he is an unrestricted free agent. That sucks. I really don't want to hear about you know whether he and his agent and the team were talking or whether this is a way to entice him to stay or whether or not how much he loves Long Island. I, I don't want to hear it. It's going to give me PS, PTSD. I don't want to hear it. But I mean, we both like Lee. We're, we're glad he's there. He just looks like he fits the role of team captain. And uh, yeah, it seems like he's the guy who's got all the players' uh, attention and he's the guy that they all follow. So good for him. You know, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder if, um, I mean, if the Islanders had signed like a, another free agent, would be a little different. But like, you know, if Leo Komarov and uh, Valtteri, if, if any of these guys who were here for the first year knew who Anders Lee was, I'm sure, I'm sure maybe. <laughs> You know, if they were defensive, yeah. but, uh, you know, he's just like, he, he, it's not that it's not that he's uh, I mean, he's really good. But it's not it's not that it's just that he's such like a he's an Islander, first right. of all. And, and he's like got to be the quietest 40 goal oh, scorer or whatever. Absolutely. Well, yeah. outside of Jason Blake, who, who <laughs> nobody knew who Jason Blake was until he signed a huge deal with the Leafs. Right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm thrilled about him being captain. Uh, I think he, he, he would be my pick. Uh if 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 Trotz had came up to me and said you get to pick, I probably would have said, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably just give it to him. Yeah, I, I I think about that too. Like I've had I had friends last year who were like, who is Anders Lee and why does he have forty goals? <laughs> it's like uh, he's pretty good. Uh, so yeah, in in in, a, in that way, he's almost the perfect Islanders captain. Like nobody's ever heard of this guy. Um, I remember the, the the captain of the Capitals before Alex Ovechkin was Chris Clark, and I remember thinking, who the hell is Chris Clark? Like why is this guy the captain? But I guess this was before Trotz, too. Uh, I guess this was, uh, you know, he was the guy who had the players' ears. And this was, you know, again, pre-Ovechkin pre Capitals kind of barely exist. You know, there's like almost a gap between the uh, the 98 Stanley Cup final team and then the Ovechkin era. So if you just like turn, it's almost like they turned themselves off after 1998 <laughs> and rewoke in 2005. Uh, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be uh, faulted for just ignoring them at that point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Trotz was the guy who was like, I asked all the players. This was the guy they said is the leader who needs, you know, we don't need to screw around. Just give him the C and they gave it to him and he's been all smiles ever since. So, and he's got two goals to go along with that. So there you go. <laughs> Doing his thing on the power. Play. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's, he, he's done really well in the power play and his line is not done great yet at, at full strength at even strength. But uh, like the, the fact that the Islanders have, have two wins without really a second line, producing is, is is definitely good uh that they've been able to produce despite that i would like to see that line start uh be the producing or maybe uh trots moves moves some pieces around get get them like a better transporter i think don was saying that they need like a bit, maybe more creative yeah. force because they have have a shooter in eberly and, and then they have uh you know bovillier who's kind of or excuse me and lee who's who just his job is very simple just go to the net and play a heavy game and then they have Nelson, and, and it's just like a couple of square pegs in round holes. But that'll, I'm sure that'll sort itself out. Yeah. So I'd kind of like uh, to see Bailey on that second line as the more distributor type. I don't know if it would disrupt things, but uh, you know that would reunite Barzell, Eberle, and Beauvillier, who were great last year. But uh, I know you think that might make them too top-heavy, which is possible. Um, but they're kind of top heavy now. I mean, any line <laughs> there, whatever line has Barzell on it is going to be the, the Islanders best line. So they're kind of already top heavy, but I wonder if Bailey would be more of a distributor for Nelson and Lee than Everly would, uh, and kind of make things a little bit, maybe, you know, evenly distributed, but I don't know. I'm not a coach, so I don't know. I'm just saying maybe at some point we'll see. That. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny actually, like, uh, I haven't like just noticed that line. That's that's been the the thing. Like I just I I want to notice them more. And uh, you know, I, uh, Jordan Eberle was so much fun to watch last year. Uh, so I'm excited for him to to get going uh, when he when he does, and people to people to remember that he's on the Islanders. <laughs> I'd like to see him stay. He's a UFA too. Him and Nelson. I know as well. And yeah, you know, I mean, I hate to say it because because Brock. I think Brock has looked okay. He hasn't scored yet, but uh, I think he's looked okay. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be sad if I guess Nelson left, although you're afraid he might go to like Minnesota and like, you know, turn into a scoring machine or something like that. They might find that untapped potential, but I just kind of like Everly. I don't know. He seems like a, a cool guy and I just like having him around and, 
you know, it's funny again, you know, almost like Justin Schultz with the Penguins. I mean, okay, he wants two Stanley Cups, so why wouldn't he be happy there? But, you know, when the Edmonton media kind of runs you out of town and then you end up on someplace else and you, you actually are very successful there. I just kind of like that. It's kind of makes me feel good for you and, and happy for you. Yeah. He's he's cool. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's slick and, and, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's like, uh, he's the only Jordan Everly basically in the league is the way I I think about it. Like, you know, like this, he's, he's, he's very good at so many different things, uh, including scoring and that's great. So, uh, yeah, I would love to see him stay. I've, I've definitely enjoyed him. I actually had a, a, a friend of mine who's a, who's a big Ranger fan who, for some, you know, we all fall in love with like players on other teams. And he always oh, a huge Jordan Everly <laughs> fan. And I remember before the Islanders trade for him, I, I was like, you know, the Islanders have been connected to Jordan Everly for a while. And, you know, what are, are you going to still like him when he comes to the Islanders? And he was like, this is, you know, this is like when you said Lundquist was going to go to the Islanders. He didn't <laughs> take, it, take, take it seriously. But it, it's just, it, you know, I would, I, I almost want him to, to sign an extension just so he's not one of those guys that we've had for two years. You're like, and four years from now we're recording an episode. We're like, remember we had Jordan Everly. That was really random. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. No, that would be, I mean, you know, they're going to have to resign somebody. Well, now that Jan Kovars, Kovash's $2 million are off the books. Maybe they'll use it on one of these guys. So there you go. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll uh, have to see. Um, one other thing about that sharks game that, Got a little bit of attention from from the folks up north that helped run Jordan Everly out of town uh, was the attendance. It was actually about, I think, 8,300 people or something like that. Um, that's pretty bad. It's like, the I think, the worst attendance that uh, the history of Barclays Center with the Islanders. Um, you know what? My feeling is, first of all, I'm over these kinds of stories. Uh, everybody else should be, too. It's just the way it is. But my other thing, too, is like I'm, I can't say I'm surprised because – if you're a person that's been living on Long Island or lives on Long Island and you've been schlepping to Barclays Center for these years with the train and the and the time and the money and all that stuff and now they've just you know mentioned that they've announced that you're going they're going to have 20 games at Nassau Coliseum which is much closer to your home why on earth would you try and get out to Barclays Center you would not you would wait for the games at the Coliseum and they've pushed those games a lot like ticket sales and stuff so of course you're going to go there and so I'm not surprised that attendance at Barclays Center would be hurt. I'm a little surprised that, that, you know, that particular game would be hurt because there's always a lot of kids there. But, hey, again, if I didn't have to get on the train to go there, I wouldn't either. Um, But that also means that I hope people pack the Coliseum uh, when they do play there because then that would be a problem. And obviously I hope people pack Belmont when that eventually gets built in 2021 or finished in 2021, as John Ledecky told uh, Andrew Gross and Jim Baumbach today of Newsday. So, uh, you know, it's a big deal. Apparently, Sportsnet or whatever made a big deal about it. Again, I'm over these stories. Uh, if you live in Manhattan or Brooklyn or Queens and you can take the subway to Barclays Center, now is definitely the time to go because these tickets are dirt cheap. And if this thing goes the way we all kind of think it does, this might be the last time you have an opportunity to watch the Islanders at Barclays Center. So don't go to Goose the Islanders attendance because it's always going to be bad, but just go because it's a heck of a good deal. And you can get into a, an NHL game super cheap and super easy and nobody's there. It's kind of like the old days of the Coliseum. And uh, just do it. But uh, don't don't worry about the attendance because, again, it's it's going to be bad at, at Barclays. And why wouldn't it be, really? And you know what's funny is is nobody nobody does a as a low attended game better than Nassau Coliseum. Like it's just there's something there's something natural about there only being five thousand people right. at, at an S. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> at Barclays Center, it's a little different because you know it's 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 like glitzy and and they still pump like really loud noise. <laughs> I feel like I feel like at Nassau Coliseum when when the island and, you know it was like two thousand and like nine and the Islanders were playing like the Blues or something on a cold February night and. Uh, you know, Ben Bishop was shutting them out or some <laughs> shit like the the, the the Paul Cartier and and just like the game ops crew kind of reflected that mm. like it, there was no like blaring music right. and, you know, stuff. So uh, at Barclays, that's how it is. Yeah. So I just think that, that it's like when there's when there's a low attending game at Barclays, it's like nails on a chalkboard <laughs> compared to what it was like at, at the costume because right. it's such an yeah. opulent like postmodern or whatever. I'm sure there's a word for it, like super modern place that's supposed to host, you know, uh, concerts by the biggest headliners and like, you know, heavyweight boxing matches and, you know, even WWE wrestling, which is like a huge, huge event, like WrestleMania and things like that. And then the Islanders show up and it's sort of like, what the, who the hell let these guys in? It's like, you know, a rec league team playing at Madison Square Garden. Like it's just, it's just, you know, or uh, uh, I don't even know. I mean, what what's even the... Oh. Con- 
why do all these fans look so depressed? They're here at Barclays Center. <laughs> yeah. We have all this music playing for them, and they're still upset. Yeah. Like, why are they upset? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But it's, you know, meanwhile, the, it's they, they close concession stands because nobody's using them. And it's like, you know, there's like probably half the security staff that used to be there. But, again, it's a good deal. If you can get there, it's a good deal. You want to save some money, definitely go now because uh, now is the time. Um so yeah, so uh, we talked Lee, we talked Kovash, we talked uh, the the record. Hopefully things are go. Oh, um, the best fourth line ever, uh, best fourth line in hockey, whatever. They look pretty good. Um, you know they're playing minutes that are commensurate with what a fourth line should be playing, and they've looked pretty good. And hey, good for them. Again, hopefully it continues. It probably won't, but if it does, that's that's great, and it's good to see Matt Martin back, like we talked about last week. You know, it's nice. Yeah, and Carter like uh, Carter Clutterbuck's been really good. Uh, he looks a, kind of a different player uh, to start. He looks like a serviceable third third liner, which is probably his ceiling, and that's fine. Um, so, so good on you, Cal. Someone, one of them, I think Martin scored, right? One of them yeah, scored. Yeah, he got he got a, a nice feed from Philpola. Again, Philpola's played really well, although the the underlying numbers uh, have not been kind to him as they haven't been for years. But uh, he uh, he hounded somebody, some shark, into the corner and basically stole the puck from him and kicked it out to the right, directly to the slot. And who was there but Matt Martin by himself? And when he scored that goal, my I was home. Uh, my daughter had a half day that day, so I picked her up from school in between the second and third periods. She was doing her homework, and I'm kind of watching the game out of the corner of my eye. And uh, when he scores, I literally started laughing out loud because <laughs> I'm like, that's that's the easiest goal Matt Martin's going to score in a long time. I think even Matt Martin knew that it was a pretty easy goal to score. And at that point, it was like 4 nothing, and, and the Islanders were well on their way to winning. And I was just – I was telling my daughter a little story about how he left and he came back and he likes being on the Islanders and I like this guy. And he just got fed for – he was – there wasn't anybody within 10 feet of him and he scored this great goal and, and good for him. I'm just happy for him. It was really nice to see. But, yeah, the whole line has played really well and uh, – it's amazing what you can do when you cut down on a guy's playing time by half, right? Like it makes them seem a lot better. But. Yeah, it's funny that you laughed at that goal because when Philpola scored the first goal of the season, I started laughing. I was just like, it's just no, no one else. There was the only other person that could have scored the first goal of the season was Lucas Spiza. It was either <laughs> going to be Philpola or or is it going to be Spiza? You know, so. it's so funny in in the five times, the four previous times we've done this show, the name Lucas Spiza never came up. Wow, this is the first time yeah. he's come up. So it's true. That is he true. He was sat in favor of Scott Mayfield uh, for Game Three, and the, again the Islanders won by a shutout. So uh, maybe he'll be sat again <laughs> for uh, Saturday night's game in Nashville. Um, you know, I, I can't say that we'll never see Lucas Pisa again. Um, you know, that's probably very harsh. I did hear. <laughs> um, I believe it was. Um, oh man, what it was? What I forget what podcast it was, but they were talking about how uh, he was booed. Uh, in the first game, Lucas was like, he hadn't even played a game yet for the team and he was already getting booed by the home fans. I, f- I felt a little bad for him. Um, you know, but it's, it's, you know, that's kind of a testament to, to the kind of knowledgeable Islanders fan out there. Like they know who Lucas Pisa is and they know what his reputation is and they've read about him and they know what people say about him online. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough spot. Again, I feel bad. I feel a little bit bad for him, but you know that that's that's indicative of who the Islanders are. Like they they know their stuff. The, who Islanders fans are, they know their stuff, and they're not gonna like just let it give a guy a pass. He's got to earn his his uh, applause. And you know, although they did applaud um, uh, Mitch Corn, <laughs> goaltending consultant, when his name was announced, and they applauded Ryan, Robin Leonard for his. Uh, you know, he hadn't played yet at that point either, but his uh, very um, honest and raw uh, athletic article. You know, put people on his side and, and people want to see him do well. Whereas Lucas Pisa, everybody's like, get this guy off the team. I don't want to see him out there. So <laughs> that's kind of kind of funny, <laughs> typical, uh, you know, Islanders uh, tough crowd for for even for the home opener. You know, they're not, they're not taking any anything right from day day one. Yeah, and it, it, it's funny too. Like the the Lanner thing was great. Just obviously probably the best story of the weekend at the NHL, and then uh, seeing him. Uh, come out as the first star and just like the look on his face it was, it was cool and and I, I, it was funny like I was thinking about him and like I like I said a couple times ago a couple episodes ago like I tweeted out like that he he like always struck me as like a crazy guy when he's playing bull and I and and it struck me that that started he was with Ottawa before Buffalo and that's when he really started yeah. to to like 
to earn that reputation because I'm pretty sure I don't I want to say it it was so four seasons ago, but there was like a game where he was like harassing one of the Islanders forwards, and it, and it, it might have been Matt Martin, it but it was someone who just no, like, he bumped Kevin Poulin, didn't he? That was the that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it was Kevin Poulin. Yeah, he, crossing. Yeah, hmm. right, exactly. There was like this game, and I was like, wow, that guy is nuts. Like, what an old school guy. And now he's here. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I really like him. I, I think hmm. he's uh he, he's it's been cool. He's like he's he's been pretty easy to root for uh, so far. Yeah. Uh, and he played well, and and obviously, you know, he's not gonna post a thirty-five save shutout every night, and uh, so we'll take it for we'll take it what we can, Robin. So, yeah. and yeah, good for you know Mitch Corn, by the way. Like that is, an, and and we've talked about uh, the bad with the the bad things that Lou's done. Lucas Pisa being part of it, you know, the Kovash saga, the the Komarov contract, but. Barry Trotz would not be here without Lou Lamarillo, and neither would Mitch Korn wouldn't be here without Barry Trotz. So, like, we can. It, there's going to be a give and take with this whole regime, and it's probably going to be frustrating a lot. But at the same time, it's also like the Islanders literally would have these guys, these Doug Waite and Gar Snow probably still if <laughs> if it wasn't for for yeah for Lou yeah They're, so no definitely definitely and. uh yeah, you know, um, yeah, I mean, and Piero Greco is the other guy who came, he's the goaltending coach, and he, he came from Toronto, where Lou worked with him, too. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be like that. Like, there's going to be good and bad. And, you know, I get a little bit frustrated when, you know, you're not allowed. That, people are very kind of black and white, especially online, and everything's got to be all good or everything's got to be all bad. Um, there's going to, you know, there's good and bad. Here, again, the Islanders are 2-1, and one and we sound pretty happy about it but i mean there's good and bad with that like yeah okay we had to watch lucas Beza for two games and it wasn't fun and the underlying numbers for half the team aren't really great but again they're they're looking much better you know having said that they look much better than they did at this point last year so i mean there's there's kind of a, a give and take and you know you, you don't want to get too excited but at the same time you don't want to get too uh, you know, pessimistic about it. And actually that's a, that's a segue to uh, a review. I want to read that. Um, this is the fourth time I'm reading this, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the, the fourth time I made a very similar segue. Uh, so this is a review that uh, <laughs> a listener left us on iTunes. Uh, the listener's name is C Dennehy 2001. Uh, and they write, uh, they gave us four stars. So thank you very much. They wrote not perfect, but as good as we're going to get. And uh, they write underneath that. There's no questioning the host's passion for Islanders hockey. They wear it on their sleeves. With very little to or no media attention given the team by local media, the podcasts are godsend. Also, they are obviously very knowledgeable on the team and its history. Their discussions are usually thoughtful, if occasionally rambling and off-topic. Um, yes, guilty. I will say that. Um, their overall tone is generally pessimistic, which is understandable given the many years that franchise has been in the wilderness, However, I am a little surprised that their doom and gloom has continued unabated under the new regime of Lou and Barry, which is the best thing that has happened to this franchise since Bill and Al. There, I have been a fan of the team since 1975, and I think that Lou and Barry are the real deal. These guys are a brain trust. Mark my words, they are going to get it right. Come on, boys, give them a little time. Uh, thank you very much, C. Dennehy2001, for your review. We really appreciate it. Four stars. And you're 100% spot on, by the way. That was very honest <laughs> and 100% spot on. Um, you know, I think... I speak for Mike and, you know, I don't, you know, you could jump in with whatever you guys, you know, feel like, but um, we don't, we're not trying to be pessimistic, but there's just so much baggage with this team that it's hard to not take all of that into consideration whenever we talk about anything. So, you know, we could talk about how good a guy is, but we've seen guys play well and then all of a sudden not play well. We've seen guys, you know, we thought were going to be really great and then not turn out to be really great. And we've seen guys come and play and then guys leave. So, you know, we're just trying to take the good with the bad, and we might focus a little bit on the bad. The bad is often funnier, and it brings up uh, uh, funnier mentions and memories, like you know, guys like Mike Sillinger and Ryan Smith. Um, but uh, you know, I think we we definitely have a lot more trust in Trots. Like you were just saying, like if it wasn't for Lou, Trots wouldn't be here. So I mean, we definitely have trust in those two guys more so than we would have had had the old regime still stayed here. But uh, it's definitely hard to separate all that baggage when you know from the past when you're looking forward to the future no matter how excited for the future you may be right yeah and 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 you you put it perfectly like just what 10 15 minutes ago i was just talking about how i spent a lot of 
time watching a highlight video from 2006, 2007 when the Islanders lost a five game series in the first round to the Buffalo Sabres. Like, and that's literally a top three season for me in my lifetime. So, uh, like if, if, if there, uh, there's like a, I'm sure that there's no, you know, Edmonton Oilers fan watching a, you know, a, a video or, or there's no three and a half hour video from a season where they were an eight seed and lost in the first round. To everybody else, to everybody else, that just looked like a five-game series. I mean, we all, as Islander fans know the Islanders. That was the closest five-game playoff series in history. But <laughs> that's uh, that's 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 the baggage you were referring yeah. to. Like, like we, these, we've seen a, we've basically seen it all and then some so, with this team. So it's 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 hard not to kind of lean towards the the doom and gloom ish way. And if the Islanders were you know the Tampa Bay Lightning and we were expecting them to to win every night um it would be a different <laughs> a little bit of a different story right. but yeah it's uh it's just not how it is right. unfortunately and hopefully that changes yeah. soon well and if it's gonna change they've got the guys in place to make that change um you know even even lou again with you know we've talked mentioned now a couple of times that the questionable signings that he's made uh you know i think that you know one good thing about lou is that he's not afraid to cut bait on somebody that's not working Case in point, Jan Kovac, who is now, you know, again, gone. Uh, it didn't work out, and I bet that was part of the sales pitch, too. Like, hey, man, if it doesn't work out, we'll just put you on waivers, and you can head right back home. So, um, you know, I think that that's a good thing about Lou, and we'll have to see how that progresses later on. Um, hopefully they, you know, once the uh, the luck runs out on some of the uh, the guys that are kind of swimming, you know, keeping their head up barely above water right now, um, they can call up some guys, and maybe Bridgeport can, can – uh, uh, I guess uh, develop uh, the way <laughs> those players should have been developing and, and send them up to the Islanders where they can help out a little bit more. But yeah, no, I mean, I think we're, I, I think pessimistic is probably the wrong word. We're cautious. I don't know if we're cautiously optimistic. We're definitely cautious, but uh, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of get too excited, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, I, I'm much happier with Barry, especially after these three games, having seen just the difference he's made in three games uh, between last year and this year. I mean, it's hard not to be optimistic for Barry Trotz and you just hope that, you know, it continues the way it is, but thank you again for the review. Yeah. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Yeah. I think I like when I, th- I don't, I don't, even you're probably right. Pessimism. It's not pessimistic. It's, it's, uh, guarded. We're like wounded animals. Yeah. <laughs> so, Oh, I always say that I- Islanders fans are like wounded dogs. Like they're very afraid of strangers. They're very afraid of loud noises and they can bite you. Like they don't, they don't want to be touched right away. So they, they have to be, you have to be very careful with them, but, uh, you know, I think we're we're looking forward to the rest of the season. It would be easier to look forward to the rest of the season if there wasn't a week off in the middle of the, the first two oh weeks of the season. God, yeah. This is a little bit crazy. And I mean and they're gonna get a bye week later on too. So the Islanders are probably the only team in the league who get basically two bye weeks uh, in the same season. But again, hopefully they can use that for some bonding experience. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is funny too, and, and the yeah, the the season series with the Predators will be over. Yeah. <laughs> I think Brendan Burke said he's like the Islanders play the Sharks tonight and then the, today and then they play him again in two weeks and that'll be it. Um, yeah, it's just just it's just so weird that you know we, that that's how the NHL schedule spits out at yeah, us. It is it is very weird. I'm sure that the uh, you know however that computer was programmed and that program that they used to make the schedule, they probably were like, oh, we have to you know now put a different input in because the Islanders have two arenas, making our lives <laughs> a little bit. Difficult. Yeah, I know, right. So, so it's probably our fault, not theirs. Yeah. And they always play some weird, like, Western teams. They always they always seem to play the Sharks in the second week in October, which is always kind of an odd. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But, uh, I wonder if they if that's just, like, in the system. They're like, this works. Yeah. Like, let's, let's just get the Islanders-Sharks 0.2 rating <laughs> game out, out of the way in October right. before, before anybody realizes. I wonder if the Sharks like to come here. I mean, Doug Wilson's been a Sharks G, the Sharks GM for a long time, and I wonder if he's got some pull. And he's like, "Can we just get the stupid trip to New York, New Jersey, Long Island, Philly out of the way right off front because we don't want to come back here?" Meanwhile, uh, Jim Benning of the Canucks doesn't have quite the same pull, so the Canucks always end up here in like February when their season is already over, and you know they got to play the Islanders in a stretch of like the Bruins, the Flyers, the Capitals, the Penguins, and they always stick the Islanders in there, and and the Islanders generally have a pretty good time with the Canucks uh, it, here because they've traveled 8 million miles and their season is already over. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Theory. I wonder, I wonder if Doug Wilson, how many Islanders Doug Wilson can name. <laughs> well, I know one former Islander he can name, but uh, 
won't mention him. Yeah. It's, it's, it's too late, and we've been through this too many times to go into that, to go down that road. Uh, all right, so uh, did, did we miss anything? <laughs> Again, this is the fifth time we've we've gone through this now. Uh, I think we've kind of talked, we've covered everything a little bit quicker than we have in the past. The attendance, the, the Kovash, the uh, the games, um, the schedule, it's weird. Lad, we totally forgot about Lad this entire time, but yeah, we'll have to see how, how he reacts. Again, he might not play Saturday, but he might come back uh, next week, so look for that. I don't know, people might not be too excited about it, but uh, Maybe finally he can live up to that giant contract. I'm sure he won't, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, and and as long as uh, we, you know, we joke around a lot about him and that contract, but that is will forever go down as the. I fell in love with the school system contract. So <laughs> yeah, the Doug Waite drove me around Long Island contract. That's yeah. what that is. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, maybe I hope it's. I was going to say, I hope he took him to Zorn's. Yeah, at, you know? hey, I'm, I'm eating there this weekend. I'm very excited. I can't wait. I know. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it just occurred to me. I wonder if uh, – because Doug Waite, you know, after he was let go, uh, he went back to Michigan. I don't know if they gave him some kind of, like, title or something. I, I don't have the Islanders directory up. But it would be great if he was, like, director of free agent tourism. So, like, the free agents come in and, like, they drive around with Doug in the car and he tells them about all the cool places to live and the schools and where to eat and where to go golfing and all that stuff. Because he's obviously very effective at that because he got Andrew Ladd to sign, you know, with the Islanders. So, that that should be his yeah. job. You know what's funny is a couple of weeks after they had let go of Doug, uh, I saw a picture of him. I think it was from maybe, like, I don't know when it was. It was sometime in the summer. But he was out in the Hamptons. It was him and his wife and Franz Nielsen and Franz Nielsen's wife. And I think Bar- Matt Martin was there. This is after uh, he so got fired? Like, yeah. Yeah. Audi <laughs> Sunlight. So that just goes to show you, you know, That's really funny. what Jan what, what, what Kovash is missing. Yeah. You know, you, 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 John, you could spend the rest of your life here on Long Island with Radek Martinek. And, <laughs> Miro and, and, <laughs> Yeah. Miro and Doug, Dennis Seidenberg. And there's actually, there's a guy I, on the train, I take every morning, and he's definitely not Radic Martinek. But God, does he look? Like him. He looks, he looks just like Radic Martinek, and he skate, he skateboards. Like nah. we, we are on, we are on the same schedule, me and this That's dude. Funny. And he skateboards in front of me, basically crossing the street onto the to get onto the train. And I'm like, God, I just really wish that was Rad, really Radic Martinek. Now I'm, I can only picture Radic Martinek on a skateboard now. Like that's all I can picture <laughs> right now. And I'm I'm actually laughing because that's very funny. Um, yeah, no, Dennis Seidenberg, he's never leaving now. He's he's the Long Islander now. He, they may sign him to a PTO, yeah, I guess but you know, Steven Gianta too yeah. is just gonna live on Long Island for the rest of his yeah. life. Hey, you could do worse than being the, the perpetual PTO. Uh, if they sign one of those two guys, <laughs> that's that's gonna be another like, ah, oh, Lou, what are you crazy? You're an old bastard. Like, don't do that, you know. But. Uh, I mean, hopefully it doesn't happen. We, I'm mean, let's just, let's <laughs> here we go again. Let's assume it's probably going to happen, which would really suck. Um, but let's, you know, I don't know. I'll I'll refrain from being. I, want, mad about I wonder it. if it's like a, a like a loophole kind of thing that Lou's doing, where you know, obviously the roster size, you can't have more than twenty three mm. people. Yeah. So maybe like they're they're just like, yeah, we're just going to put him PTO, and these are practice players, like a practice squad in football, like, and we're just going to keep them around so our practices are a little bit better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have, instead of playing, you know, rotating in the, the scratches in with the fourth line, <laughs> there is one. Uh, maybe maybe there's something cooking here yeah. with Lou. And, and, I mean, I wonder if there's a, uh, like, a time limit, like a, a number of days you can be a PTO, or you could just be a PTO all season. I don't know. That would be weird. Uh, it reminds me of uh, the old Eric Bolton going on, the, uh, going on IR after getting hurt in practice. And uh, oh, yeah, that was room for somebody. <laughs> that was that was, that was I love that. That was like that was an annual event, like Eric Bolton yeah. being put on IR for because he got, quote unquote, hurt. How does a guy who never plays get hurt? Well, he got hurt. <laughs> so he's on IR now. And now are we get I'm sure he's on Long Island. Oh, absolutely. Oh, totally. Isn't he coaching somewhere? Like maybe he coaches like a YouTube. Right. Steve Webb is another guy. He lives on Long yeah, Island. Matt Carker. Yeah, Matt Carkner. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess unless he lives in Bridgeport. But yeah, Matt Carkner is around. Yeah. So yeah, this is I. It's going to be a uh, there's going to be a men's league team and they're going to be called the New York Islanders <laughs> and it's going to be Seidenberg, Kartner, Martinek, Shatan, DiPietro, Ned. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'll bring Garth Snow in. Uh, he, he definitely does not live on Long Island. I think he went back to Maine. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's a funny thing. And uh, again, Islanders, if you're listening, Doug Waite, director of free agent tourism. That's the that's the thing. Put Doug on the payroll. He's a good dude. 
tells good stories. I would want to be driven. If I can get driven around by Doug Waite and showing the, the sights, I would totally do that. I'm from Long Island, and I want to drive around with Doug Waite and have him point out stuff to me because I, I bet it'd be a laugh riot. <laughs> so there you go. Um, okay, uh, so I think that about covers it. Uh, thank you again, uh, C. Dennehy, 2001, for the review. Please, uh, everybody, leave us a review on iTunes if you can. Uh, I fixed the little uh, icons at the bottom of the uh, notes page so you can find us on Stitcher, you can find us on Google Play, um, you can find us on SoundCloud. I post the stuff there. Uh, I'm going to try and get us on iHeartRadio soon. I got my Golden Girls podcast on there. I totally forgot how, so I'm going to have to reach out to the host and, and find out how we did that. But uh, that'll be another way to listen. Uh, we could be on Spotify, but it's going to cost us money. So it's a whole thing. So don't look for us there. But uh, if we, you know, once we get distributed other places, I'll let you know. Um, movie recommendation for the week. Uh, it has a tenuous Islanders connection. Um, and a tenuous Everton connection, as I found out during one of our previous incarnations of this podcast. We'll get to that in a second. Um, we found out this week that uh, associate, former associate coach Greg Cronin tried to give defenseman Adam Pellick the nickname The Cobra. It did not stick within the locker room, but I can tell you just from looking at the, island, the Lighthouse Hockey uh, comment section that it is definitely stuck there. So, <laughs> Adam Pellick, you are now The Cobra. So, in... Uh, in honor of Adam Pellick and I guess in Greg Cronin, uh, my movie recommendation for the week is the 1986 action movie masterpiece Cobra, starring Sylvester Stallone and Bridget Nielsen. Uh, Cobra is absolutely terrible, and by absolutely terrible, I mean it's hilariously awesome in all of the best ways. Um, Stallone both overacts and underacts at the same time. It really is something to behold. Um, he wears sunglasses the entire time. He eats a slice of pizza in a way no human has ever eaten pizza before or since. Uh, he blows a lot of stuff up. He says a lot of stuff like, um, crime is the disease and I'm the cure. And he chews on like matches and stuff and lots of things die. And it's a terrible, terrible movie that is a lot of fun to watch. So watch Cobra. Uh, you got an extra day. It's, it's Friday night. There's no Islanders game on tonight. Watch Cobra. You won't be disappointed. I'm sure it's at your library. <laughs> they have it for some reason. And uh, there you go. That's my movie pick of the week. Cobra in honor of Adam Pellick. And you were telling me that, Sylvester Stallone, of all people, is a huge Everton fan. Yeah, so he is, and um, it is either – I'm not totally sure of the origin, but I know that Stallone, like seven or eight years ago, was there and uh, was at Goodison Park where Everton plays in Liverpool, and they, he was holding up – there's a picture of him holding up a scarf, and whatever it was clicked in him because when they remade, when they made the movie Creed, they shot – the bad guy in that movie was a boxer named Tony Bellew who's like a – He's actually put together a decent career kind of against all odds and become like a actually like big like an a side fighter um, somehow. And his nickname in the is the Blue Bomber because he's a huge Everton fan. So they shot. So they signed him to play in that movie because he's, he's a brash guy, very clever and good. Act, he was at acting chops and they shot that movie at uh, Goodison Park. And you can see the Everton uh, badge on his, on his shorts in that movie. So, yes, Stallone, uh, Everton fan and. You know, I don't know if he's an Islander fan, but he's probably, probably Flyers. <laughs> he was originally from Brooklyn, but, but yeah, I think he's a Flyers fan now, but I don't know. Yeah. Stallone. But yeah, it's great. <laughs> and uh, and so Everton's got a, this like shifty little Brazilian player named Bernard now. And uh, the crowd, and, and as much as like I hate when we kind of like adopt and like steal things from these soccer crowds, and I think it can get a little obnoxious, there's a, uh, there's a song for him, this, you know, very, very, he's like a short, short little Brazilian guy. Mm. And he's just like a magic with the ball at his feet. And he's just been terrorizing defenders. And so when uh, now Everton fans are singing to that Joy Division song, Love Will Tear You Apart, it's Bernard, Bernard will tear you apart again. <laughs> and and it clicked to me when I heard it. I was like, it works for Matt Barzal. You could be my, it could be Barzal. Barzal will tear you apart <laughs> again. I like that. And so that's it's been stuck in my head for now. Yeah. Eight well, days. Well, it's now, been stuck so in my head been. for 48 hours because you first told me yeah. that story Wednesday night. And I was like, that's awesome. We should definitely do that. Uh, so, yeah, no, I agree. That that would be pretty awesome. Uh, I like that. And it's uh, I don't think it's necessarily aping another team. I mean, OK, so the, the yes, 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 we have adapted to us i think that's pretty cool um you know yeah. you you adapt that's the way it is you 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 steal and you adapt but if it works it works you know i think it works can i tell you something funny yeah. um so i'm on the nhl.com app or the nhl app there are no hockey games tomorrow really 
That's tomorrow being Friday, Friday, October 12th. <laughs> Great scheduling. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Wow. That's that's awesome. That's, that's unbelievable. There are no games tomorrow. I, I, wow. It, yeah, I guess not. That, that can't be right. right? <laughs> I'm looking at the app and it's, it's showing it's says no game scheduled. I, I'm afraid to call it up on my computer because I'm afraid that uh, it's going to crash. My I'm looking again. now. I'm look. I'm look. I'm looking online. What's yeah? There's there are no NHL games tomorrow. That's so funny. That is so funny. What on how on earth? Yeah, the season is eight days old. <laughs> I mean, there was a bunch of games tonight, so I guess that's about it. I mean, yeah, geez, there was a lot of games today. Holy cow! And uh, yeah. yeah, October thirteenth. That's an unbelievable <laughs> thing. So even more of a reason for people to watch Cobra, uh, starring Sylvester Stallone <laughs> Friday night. There's no hockey games at all on. So there you go. So. You know, uh, yeah, wow, that's uh, that's completely crazy. <laughs> the season. Yeah. I mean, what better way to uh, to uh, you know signal the start of a new season than to take a day off? That's not the. Um, <laughs> when does the NBA start? That does. It's not. That doesn't start tomorrow, does it? I think it starts next. Okay, because I was gonna say maybe they're like uh, getting getting out of the way for the uh, the NBA, but no, the that would be giving the NHL too much credit. They just decided to <laughs> take a day off. Hey, you know what? I will, I like to take days off too, so I can't blame them. Uh, okay, so uh, all right, we made it to the end. We've done it. I think we've actually managed to 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 get through an entire podcast without it eating itself. Uh, so please <laughs> tell everybody your Twitter account again so they can follow you. It's uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. You should follow the Big Lebowski with two E's on Twitter. You should read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your up to date Islanders news and discussion. Um, you should check out Cobra. <laughs> you should leave us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you want. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. We thank we do this because people like it, and and we we love doing it ourselves. But uh, we love that people download yeah, us. And we love it so much. We did it five five times. times. Uh, so we really appreciate you listening. We really appreciate you always uh, sticking out with us. We hope that we have brought you fifty uh, some odd minutes of uh, Islanders enjoyment. And uh, we will see you again next week uh, after the Islanders have played a grand total of one game. Uh, we'll talk about that game uh, next week sometime, and uh, we'll see where we're at. Okay, thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.